Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Did you know a recent law can leave your personal data exposed online for anybody to find? If you've turned on the news lately, you know the internet has created a dangerous new world. It's time you take back the power by using a new website called Truthfinder. Have you been issued a speeding ticket? Received a lien from the IRS? Did you forget about an embarrassing social media profile? That info may already be online. Truthfinder can help you find it. Truthfinder searches millions of public records, assembling the data together in one report. Members get unlimited searches, so you can also look up those close to you and make sure they're not hiding something. Visit truthfinder.com nancy. Enter your own name. Get started. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. Hello, everybody. We are live here at CrimeCon in Nashville, Tennessee, where we are all assembled 3,000 strong in our pursuit to stop crime. Right now, we go to Delphi. Delphi, now known because of the deaths of two little girls. A tiny town of no more than 3,000 people still in shock after Liberty and Abigail are found dead. It's been well over a year, and still, even though the little girl's killer is caught on camera when the girl snapped his picture on that trestle bridge, we have his voice. We possibly have his DNA, but still no arrest. Why? Struggling to understand, struggling to make sense of it all, are Liberty and Abby's families who are with us now here at CrimeCon answering your questions and listening to your tips, clues, and interpretation of the facts. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I want to go straight to our guest with me, our Liberty's grandparents, Mike and Becky Patty, and Abby's mother, Anna Williams. Anna? So did she go? Did you take her to the park? Yeah. To meet up, yeah, I I picked Libby up and we take. And, and what time of the up. day was it? The day before, oh, it was it was kind of like the weather out here. It was not the nicest day. It was kind of windy and overcast. Uh, it was probably about one thirty or two o'clock. So still Sunday. daylight. Oh yeah. Then what yeah. happened? Um, so I we'd gone to the house and gathered up her things and I dropped them off. 
Um, and she spent the night, and um, I worked two jobs at that time, so I was uh, finishing up my shift at the nursing home, <clears throat> and she had texted me and said, is it okay if I stay for dinner? And this is like at 1230, and I said, And this well, was at your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was okay. at their house. And I said, well, that's fine, but I have to be at my other job at 4. So if you can't stay until 8, and somebody can't, you know, it's going to be one of those deals. Either you stay until I can get off of work or, mm-hmm. if, you know, Kelsey's come back to town or they're, you know, want to get rid of you. They'll have to drop you off at the house because I can't get you. And she said, it's fine. So I said, okay, I will see you after work. Oh, I know that. When the parent can't come, I go, oh, I'll take, I'll drop them home. I'm happy to. I eat. Okay, I'll take them home. <laughs> so, so you were at work. Yeah. Did you go pick them up? No. No. Okay. They they were she was still at the house. I w- I was at my uh uh bartending Next job. Time. Gotcha. Yeah. So now I've got them at your place, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Were both of you there? Uh, for, guys, I'm now speaking. That was Abby's mom, Anna, and now I'm speaking to Matt, Mike and Becky. What happened? Tell me that day from the time they got there for dinner. Oh, well, they went upstairs. Of course, Abby come bringing in a big old tote of, of paint. Paint. Yeah. yeah, they were going to paint. Uh, of course, Libby's room wasn't nearly as organized as Abby's. Her stuff's everywhere. Still is. Um, you walk through and you find some paint here and you find some paint there and all, all of her other stuff. But uh, so they they went upstairs and uh, uh, they've, uh, of course, you know how kids do. They take lots of selfies and videos mm-hmm. and so we know what they were doing that night because Libby did some videos and of Abby there painting and and we there is there is a canvas there of where they started a new painting said chocolate imagine that <laughs> was it even spelled right I, I can't it. remember I like it when there was something wrong with one of the letters so, it was a so they uh, um, they were up in the room doing their their thing and uh, they of course, they're up half the night, mm-hmm. girl stuff, girls talking and whatever. And um, they slept in. They, they, and then the next morning was Monday, and we had a snow makeup day where the, the, the weather was so good that Okay, year. see, that means something to me. That is snow makeup day. So, okay, did, what, was their, what did they do the next morning? They slept in. They slept in, and they got up, I don't know, it was 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and uh, they had pancakes for breakfast brunch and uh and uh they came out and said we want something to do well my my office is at home and i the said dreaded words what can we do now <laughs> and that was libby all time yeah. if she if she had to sit still for five minutes it's are we going to do something this weekend mm-hmm. are we going to you know what are we doing what's plans so we were quite busy with her um and i said you know what i got some files that need to be filed do you want to make some money you <laughs> know bet they, they were. They were out there working away, and um, especially if you said, I'll take you shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, you do this for me, I'll take you shopping. So they were out there, and um, they and Kelsey, Libby's sister, come out and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to stop by a friend's house for a little bit, and then I have to be at work at 4. Libby, that's all it took. She jumped up and said, hey, because it was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, it was a Hey, six. action! Drop us yeah, off at. Hey, we. And, she, and I said, well, what about this filing? Okay, we'll do it later. Yeah. I promise, mm-hmm. we'll do it later. And uh, so I said, well, that's fine. You, um, she said, can Kelsey drop us off at the trails? And I said, well, okay, but I'm busy. You're going to have to get a ride home. Now, what are the trails? We have around our town. We have a trail. It's a it's a community trail system. That there's what eight or nine miles worth of trails that just goes clear around our town all the way around and they had just opened up this section of the trails not too long a couple yeah. years because they put a new road in yeah and they put a historic bridge you had no reason to think oh there were there was uh, people out there that morning and that day like jogging and all that there's there some that jog and but there was a lot of kids out that's the trails is what our kids do. There's not a lot to do in Delphi, so you, you know you go walk and bike the trails, and and out there that bridge. What people don't realize, so many families have had their pictures taken out there. You it, know, it looks like a place you could see uh, like a wedding photo done on the bridge. You know how you do those scenic photos? It's not just in a church anymore, and it, it's very pretty. And it looks out over mm-hmm. a river. It's a creek, big creek. Ah, creek. It's, <coughs> but, so um, 
my son was out um, running some errands, and so she, Libby's dad, and she called him and said, hey, if Kelsey takes us to the trails, will you pick us up? He said, well, I'll be another hour, so I'll pick you up on my way back through. So, um, well, so one hour. So it, was, it wasn't going to be that long. We knew it wasn't going to be that long, and it was nice. It was nice. And one and hour, right? They're going to be he, well. Not hour. for sure. Oh, he no, said no. about an hour or so. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be that half. long. So uh, Kelsey took them and dropped them off. It's just getting me so upset because, um, and I've even done it. Okay, okay, they'll be okay for thirty minutes. It's just thirty minutes. What could okay. they possibly? I'll run to Kroger and I'll come back. It's thirty minutes, and then I'm nut up the whole time. So an hour and a half. That was it. So they go. We drop. Um, What's your last off. memory of her? She was standing at the door of the office with this smile that she has, and I said, "It could be a little chilly out there. You get a jacket." She said, "Grandma." I said, "I told you, get a jacket." She just looked at me and smiled and said, "I'll be okay. It's okay, Grandma." And she turned around and walked out. Um, my last memories of her standing at my office door telling me it's okay, I'm not going to get cold. So that's, that's my last memory. What is your last memory? Dropping her off at their house with her, with her paints. And um, it wasn't until later on when we, when we got to the sheriff's department and actually um, saw the Snapchat picture. But that's the last picture I have. That is the last visual I have of my little girl. It's on that bridge. You know, I think about that so often. I think about Abby and Liberty. Uh, when I drop the children at school, I watch them walk in because of Kyron Horman, a little boy in the Pacific Northwest that this stepmother dropped him off. I watch him walk in almost to the door, and I remember think about it every morning. And, you know, Renee Rockwell, defense lawyer, you've told me a hundred times about the last time. Remember, you saw your ex? And he had put the laundry in, and it all turned pink. Remember? And he, Do you remember that? Yes, I still have the pink towels. <laughs> and so when people are confused about the last time they see someone or the last thing they... I, I know right then, because I remember the last time I saw my fiancé. He had come to Macon. He was living in Athens, Georgia, and spent the weekend with me and my family. And we got up at like 5 o'clock that morning, and he left to get to work. And he drove off in a white Le Mans, and he toed the horn and held his hand up. And I watched him go out of sight, and that's the last time I ever saw him. And I've thought about it and dreamed about it so many times. When was the next time? What was the next thing you heard? Tell me from your point of view. Well, um, again, these times are going to be close because we've been... We've been scrutinized on many times. I mean, it's all approximations. Again, yeah. they were probably dropped off around 1.30 time frame. Derek called them about a quarter after 3. Now, who's that? Derek is the dad who's going to pick them up. Yep. So about a quarter after 3, he calls them, no answer, uh, oh. to tell them, hey, I'm, I'm just about there. Come pick me up, you know, or come to the car, and continues to call. Actually, so he's there? He, he gets Pulling there. up? Yeah, yes pulling up at this what we call trailhead you know a little little area to park um so said he, he got out and was walking you know trying to text him and about 3 30 or so like called becky and said hey i can't get a hold of libby she's not answering give her a call and so she tried calling and then uh the aunt all right our daughter tara tried calling so everybody's texting and calling and she's not returning that's way out of character i mean you know kids they have their phone and that is their that's it and uh, so Becky called me probably about a quarter till four. So I wasn't at work in Lafayette and said, hey, Libby's not answering, something's wrong, we're heading out there, it's just not, doesn't seem right. I said, okay, I said, I'll, I'll head that way. Just thinking, okay, where the, you know, first thing goes, they've hooked up with some boys, they're out doing, they're not answering their phone because they don't want to get caught. <laughs> and then, so by four o'clock, most of the family is there. We're trying, Anna, been trying to get a hold of her. She's at work. I show up there at probably about 4.30 time I get out of work. At, at the trailhead. At the trailhead. And, of course, I jump out. And I'm starting to look. She leaves at that time to go find Anna. Like, hey, we need, you know, everybody. Let me ask you all a question. 
How many times have you been lo- you're at a store or you're somewhere and you turn you don't see your child? It happened to me once, and I'll never forget it. And uh, it was, uh, you've heard me tell this story. It was at a Babies or Us, and some mother had guilted me out because she made her own organic sunscreen. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm there trying to find organic sunscreen because I was visualizing like a witch over a pot, me trying to cook some up. And uh, so I li- bent down, and they had the, sh- like at Lowe's or something, they had the shelves all the way up. So I'm down on the floor looking at the bottom, trying to find organic sunscreen. And I stand up, and they're only, Renee, what were they, like three? And they were wear those little Crocs, which are silent. And I turn around, there's Lucy and no John David. And I had practiced all kind of emergency procedures. I grabbed Lucy like a football and started screaming, <laughs> screaming, lock the doors! <laughs> and this that moment, you turn around, and they're not there. I'm getting chills off that remembering it. When did it hit you? Something is wrong. I think uh, we all realized when she wouldn't answer her phone after the third or fourth call from everybody in the text. When I got there at, again, uh, after four, um, like, okay, maybe they dropped their phone, you know what I mean? Because there's water there, a creek, and um, they can't read, you know. Did they both have a phone? No, Abby did not. Abby did not have, mine don't have a phone yet either. So Liberty had the phone. And you, see, that's what people do. That's what I do. I think of every possible thing that had, could happen. Maybe they dropped it in the water. Okay. Yeah, All so, right. So we figure, okay, they're that or they're lost. You know what I mean? They just wandered off the trail system. Uh, Cell phone service is not great out through there. I mean, patchy at best. You get certain areas, and all the, I mean, if they were wandering around off the trail, then so you're all three there at this point. I, I did not. No, I actually met them. They, she finally got a hold of me. We'd missed each other's phone yeah. calls, and because I, I didn't even have her that name in this new phone that I had, and I was like, ah. finally got. I'm like. You know, what's up? She said, we're headed to the sheriff's department. The girls went on a walk this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, all right. Let me let me close out a couple of things. I'll be there in just a few minutes and holler to one of the girls in the back. At that time, did you really think anything was wrong? No, because unfortunately, they those girls had, had been in the school pool uh, watching Kelsey practice, and they didn't have cell phone service. And it was, I'm going to stay with Liberty until the game. And then uh, she was supposed to meet me for some, Abby was supposed to meet me for some money, and she hadn't. And, um, I mean, I... So it had happened before that you couldn't reach Well, not so much. They were right there at the school. They just didn't have service. But, I mean, I thought, okay, plans have changed. And then I'd gotten a message from Libby saying, Abby is with me. And I was like, this is probably another one of those things. Yes, it's been a few hours. But I'm sure there's a lot. See, I'm just the exact opposite. 30 minutes and I'm losing. I'm calling 911. Because I'm just... Well, they were 13 and 14. Exactly. Mine are still just 10. So they haven't... They don't know what all they can get away with yet. That's when okay. did you realize something was not right at all? Well, our whole family was out there looking. We all left. Um, Tara, my daughter, went straight over there. Derek was there. Um, my son come pulling in from, my other son come pulling in as I was leaving, and he said, what are you doing? I said, we're going to go look for the girls. So he jumped in the car with me. Uh, we drove... If, if they would have decided to walk home, we drove both directions mm-hmm. that they would have gone, both routes. We got there. We had six cars there. We, we were taking over everything. Um, we, we split up. We walked all the trails. Um, uh, Cody and Kelsey went across the bridge. They went, they went across and, and up to the road and up to the houses up there. Were say, the sheriffs there yet? Not yet. By this time, it was a little after 5. Was it getting dark yet? Not yet it wasn't, but I knew it was going. And I was on the phone most of the time with AT&T trying to get them to ping her phone, and they won't, they won't do it. I was just going to ask, will they do that, Vincent? No. I don't think they'll just do it when you ask. No, no. no not right off not. the bat. No, I was arguing. I kept telling them that she's lost. They're not oh. And I, no, well, we can't. Well, they said, well, you can get this one app. Great. Well, can't, well ping your phone. Well, you got to put it on her phone. I don't have her phone. So, you know, it was. Isn't it funny with the things that stick in your mind about what was happening at that time? So you're there. You think at this point everything's probably just confusion. You guys are there trying to, on foot, trying to find them. When did you call in the cops? It was about it was about twenty after five. He come walking up on the trails, and I said, "I'm not getting anywhere here. It's going to get dark. It's going to get dark here pretty about by six or so." I said, "We've got to call the police. We've got to get them looking for them before dark." 
What did, well, you know, Vincent, at that point, what should police do first? Well, Nancy, they probably should have come out with an Amber Alert at that point. I mean, it had been several hours. Well, don't you have to have a, a car tag to do an Amber Alert? Yeah, you do, but you, there's Vincent, other things you could do that's not really well, helping though. me. But it, these <laughs> but girls have been missing for, world, for yes, several but, hours, right, by this point. Yeah, but no, what Amber Alert? No, they, they really, I mean, they called, again, quarter after three is when we were going to pick them up. And at 5.20, I made the call to the police. So it wasn't several hours. It was a couple hours. The police immediately came out there and dispatched and were on the scene, you know, or on the, in the area walking. I guess the only thing they could have done was bring dogs at that time because they didn't have a car to do an Amber Alert. And most places don't have, like, a missing kid alert, I don't think. Yeah, and the problem with the dogs at that point, did they really have a missing person? When police first show up, they don't consider that a missing person without the investigation first. You know, and I, I get it. I am part of the justice system, but I have a problem with that when time is critical. So let me ask you this. Y'all stay out there to what time that night trying to find them? Well, it was, uh, it was really a, a very hectic night, obviously, after calling the police. Then we rallied back at the, at the police at the, at the county police station. Oh man, how bad did you hate to leave that park? Oh, I was there several times throughout the night. Back we were running around town, Ugh. driving around town. Um, you know, the, the police were, were trying to you know look at. Uh, they were trying to ping her phone, and I think they did end up getting some ping. Oh really? So I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how accurate it was, but it was earlier during the day. Like Anna said, we have some sketchy phone service, you know, you can drive a half a mile and you yeah. go to another tower and then it falls off. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we spent, there was a, a coordinated search that started, ha I mean, people started coming out in groves. It was... I mean, uh, like all, volunteers? All, oh, yeah. all over the town. It was, it was crazy that the, our local uh, fire department, they, they were coordinating things, putting search parties together. People were you drive, we were driving everywhere. I'm checking every place you think, okay, any of the parks that are there, you know, up at the school, driving back out there to that area, uh, yelling, hollering, and you drive through town after it started getting dark, of course, and flashlights were so all over the So as the place. light, as the dark started setting in, what went through your mind, if anything? It's late and it's cold. I mean, it, you even, maybe not so much here, but... In Indiana, it'll go from an 80-degree day down to 35 degrees at night, and only one of the girls had a sweatshirt on. I don't know why Abby put one on as opposed to Libby. Apparently, she listened to you when she said, y'all need a jacket. Guys, so that was the whole thing, is they're not wearing clothes. If, if they're outside, is hypothermia a serious issue? Not yet, unless they've been in the water. Did you know about a recent law that could leave your personal data exposed online for anybody to find? If you've turned on the news lately, you know the Internet has created a dangerous new world. Data breaches expose private information. There's a new cybersecurity threat every other day. And criminals can sell the identity of you and your family on the dark web. It's time you take the power back by using a new website called Truthfinder. Truthfinder allows you to find out exactly what information exists about you online. Have you gotten a speeding ticket? Received a lien from the IRS? Forgotten about an embarrassing social media profile? Truthfinder searches through millions of public records, puts all that data together in one easy-to-read report. Members get unlimited searches, so you can also look up those close to you and make sure they're not hiding something from their past. You also get free dark web monitoring to make Truthfinder the ultimate tool in identity protection. If your personal info appears for sale on the dark web, you'll be the first to know. Visit truthfinder.com nancy. Enter your own name. Get started. When did they call you and let you know? How did you find out that they had found the girls? We were out searching. They had put, they had gridded out a lot of the area. Was it that night? No, it was no. the next day. It was the next day. Um, the police called off the search about midnight. But, I can't even but imagine the that night you had. Well, that, yeah, like she said, the, the police, uh, just for safety, I mean, we were searching all over the whole area literally probably hundreds of people at this time were out searching. I went back to 
course, we'd been out searching. We all were, and went back to the fire station with with the, the volunteers that were there, and uh, it was probably around. And 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and they kind of called off the official. I don't know exactly what time, so don't hold me to that. But they called off the official search, you know, and oh, saying, okay, man. Let, let's resume in the morning. But the volunteers said no. And, 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 and they all rallied and said, all right, let's go back out there. We're going to light up these creek banks. We're going to walk this creek. And I mean, did. but was there enough water for them to have drowned in it? Yeah. yeah it doesn't ah. take much water to, to you know, I mean, truly. I mean, there's spots in Deer Creek. I mean, it's not a real deep creek. I used to fish it when I was a kid but um, so you guys were still out there through the night when did they tell you they had found the girls well that wasn't until the next day so I'm just want people realize there was people searching all night long I don't think I went home until three or four o'clock in the morning but there's people that said Mike we're gonna stay out here all night we'll see you in the morning but for a validation point one of the reasons why they said is we are bringing in dogs from Kentucky so the fewer people that we have out on that specific area. So the next day, there was a restriction to the last path because of that. We had been both sent to our homes to get clothes that the girls had worn. The biggest thing was let's not confuse these animals anymore by all of these people crisscrossing. It's just a thing. So there was some reasoning that was good for the fact that the dogs were coming in and, the, and that is a, a protocol. It. So what time did they let you know the next day they had found the girls? I think we, we were, I don't know, we're, we all were at various points. I'd actually gotten in a canoe and floated down the creek mm. uh, for probably a half a mile. I'd just gotten out, gotten back to the fire station. Uh, Becky was, they were doing a very coordinated search and that's how they worked at starting the next morning where hundreds and hundreds of people were showing up. And they would send out groups with uh, some sort of law official, whether it was, yeah. you know, uh, somebody from the fire station, because you you can't just trespass on people's property, you know, if you do it a, do it correctly. Yeah, I remember that there was a search warrant executed on the person's home and property, right near where the girls were found. Yeah, that, that was Everybody immediately thought, happened. "Wow, that must be the the person, the perp," but not necessarily. That's just where where were you when you learned well, that? I was searching. We they we were all in different we were all split up because well he was in a canoe I was I was in a group I was in a group that wasn't even close at the time but a friend of ours was with one of the groups that found them and he and his wife was with us and he called her um, they told me that they found him but that's all they would tell me at that time did you ask any questions did you think oh they were I jumped alive? in a car and, and did you think they were alive they wouldn't. They, Did you ask them? I, I, I went telling, I just told, I asked them to take me to them. I said, they found him. I, I wasn't even asking if they were, how they found him. I just said, Libby, Libby needs me. I, you need to take me to her now. Um, thing of it is, we had found out before some of the officials that were at the trailhead, they, they kept saying, no, they hadn't, no, they hadn't. I said, yeah, they found him, they found him. So. Um, they didn't officially call us in until later, but we knew. I, I we knew before um, we were officially told. You knew what? That they had been killed. We had friends and and that were in the search party that found them. So they called you and said we found them. The wife called you and said she didn't we found call them. me. She called somebody. That, no, the the husband was with one of the groups. The wife. The was wife with was you. in my group, and he called her, but they wouldn't tell me any. All they would tell me was they found her. They found them. So you race. You all converge, and what happens? I was actually already at the fire department. I had uh, my dad was coming back from Michigan. I don't, I don't know why I waited, I don't know that I waited so long to call, but much like the day that I had to call him to tell him I was expecting Abby and I was not married. I'm sitting there and, and my best friend, she's like, you really need to call your dad and let him know. He's no more and gotten home from this weekend with Abby. He's back in Michigan. It is four in the morning. He's yeah. getting up for work. She's like, just, just call him and so tell him. So you were at the like, fire department. And, he, and I remember the first thing, yeah. First thing he said was, why didn't you call me sooner? I said, because I thought we'd find him earlier. So I'm waiting at the fire department for him to get there. And he had gotten there just an hour prior. So he's asking questions. He's telling them where they stayed for the weekend, who they talked to, all those things. And I was on the phone with somebody from 
uh, from out of town that had lived there, and he, he knew that area. He said, how high is the water right now? And I was like, well, not that bad. And I turned around, and there was a quad that had pulled up. And I was like, hey, how high is the water? And this yell screamed at me. She's like, not right now. And I'm like, oh, all right, okay, never mind. And all of a sudden, the pastor comes walking towards me, and he starts talking, and I'm like, hey, hey, I, I, I got to go. And he said, okay. And I hung up the phone. And he said, has anybody talked to you in the last few minutes and, or come up to you? And I said, no. He says, we need to go upstairs. Okay. I didn't have to hear anything past that. I knew if there was something good, I wouldn't have heard it quite that way. We know at that juncture, a photo emerged of a white male walking across the bridge at Delphi. And I remember thinking, where did this photo come from? How do we have the photo? There's no security surveillance video of photos uh, at, on the bridge. And I thought, is this from the girls' phones? The girls were found. They'd been killed. Not far from the bridge. No. Just, what, a thousand feet? If that. Down, like you would go over the bridge, and then you're on land, and then go down to where the water was. And that's, it was amazing to me that they were not found sooner. Not that it would have made difference, but there may have been more forensic clues if they had been found sooner. I don't know for sure that that's true. But that is where they were found. And then a search of the girl of the one phone revealed that she had the wherewithal. She got this guy's voice telling them to go down, essentially. And I, I keep wondering, what did he have that made the girls obey him? Did he have a gun? Did he have a knife? Uh, why didn't they run? Maybe their condition, like my children, are to do what adults tell them to do. I don't know why they went down there. But that is where they were found, and that is where the investigation begins. And this is the stuffer. They've got the guy's photo. They've got his voice. They can time exactly when this happened, but still no perpetrator. Let me just ask generally, is there any of the perpetrator's DNA at all in any way? We've never been officially told or until much like Jerry Holman said yesterday. They, they've never specified one way or the other. They, they came uh, to our homes, took all of our DNA as they should, so because they said we need to know so who no. belongs in the house, who's, Got it. who has stuff on them that belongs there. You wash your clothes in the same washer and dryer, you sit on the same couches, you have people come over. They, I mean, they didn't ask for... Is there any unknown male DNA? They have be never it, told us uh, one way or the other. Uh, skin cells, be it saliva, be it sperm, be it anything. Do you know if there's any male DNA there. I think that's something that's uh, the, the investigators know. You know what I mean? That's that's information that's pertinent to the case. Well, and, and I hate to use this term, but but to protect the integrity of the investigation, that doesn't need to get out. Agree. And and the and, reason and this I'm is asking our, is because of Golden State Killer, which yes. was a major advancement. And I've been wondering about that in the past, but you all know the Golden State Killer who we know murdered at least twelve raped many more, 121 home burglaries at least, 50 rape victims at least. DNA was found. And finally, they thought, ding, ding, and they plugged it into, for instance, Ancestry.com, and it got familial DNA matches to another male relative. They go to him. They rule him out. Then they figure out it's D'Angelo, and they get the Golden State Killer. It's him. Okay, He's matched up to DNA. So... That's what I'm wondering and hoping. And I'm also hoping, Joseph Scott Morgan, you're the forensics expert, that they will also be using the VAC. In other words, the most modern DNA technology where there's touch DNA that you leave behind. Actual skin cells, believe it or not, touch DNA can now be. Okay, so, Joseph Scott, what, what now? We've got his picture. We've got his voice. We've got the time he was there. I would think if it was a local inhabitant, a, a resident, somebody would have ID'd him by now. He's not in disguise. True, he has some facial hair and a hat. But we can figure out how tall he is, how much he weighs. 
Remember in Midlothian, you can, for instance, Alan standing there. If I'm the FBI, I'm a cop, I can measure to the top of that cross in the door. And I can say, that's how tall Alan Duke is. I can look at him photographically and determine how much he weighs based on that. So we know how tall he is. We know he's a white male, his hair color, how much he weighs, what his voice is, where he was. But we don't have him. Joe Scott. The most important thing that we want to consider here, and I think that it always goes back to this, is the idea of timeline. Uh, the timeline is very, very critical in this case. You know, when, uh, when I first came in contact with this case, I think that I was on the air within two days. And when I heard about the nature of it, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked because I knew that as a result of this, uh, of what they were saying, I was like, this is going to be a home run. They're going to catch this guy immediately because it's contained. You guys had this grid search that was going on. A lot of this information was coming out in regards to this. And so as time went by, when things didn't gel like I thought that they would at that moment in time, I was kind of surprised because the bodies were contained in this specific area. They were found immediately adjacent to the bridge. It's a small community. It's a rural community. So what now, Jessica? I think that now, moving forward, um, the police, and please forgive me, I'm going to be blunt, the police have used the words heinous a couple of times, and that tells me that there is contact going on. And I think that that goes without saying. I think to what point there is contact, physical contact, and what the nature of injuries are. One of the things I would very, be very curious about is this. Was the coroner present at the scene? I'm not talking about autopsies. I want to know, was the coroner present at the scene? What type of examination was done at the scene? Because for me, one of the things I want to know is I want to understand what's called post-mortem interval. How long had these two girls been deceased? And that had to be measured at that moment in time. I, I spent, the reason I'm kind of having an attachment to this, I spent several years in Indiana training coroners. I taught at their state coroners academy. And I know that these people are trained very well considering the limitations they have in rural areas. I would want to know what kind of attention was paid at the scene to some of the steps that we take in the examination of remains at the scene. How was it documented? How were they able to process this? I'm not talking about the cops. And then I know that the girls' remains were taken to Terre Haute, which is what, it's almost what, an hour and 45 minutes from y'all's location, mm -hmm. where the further examination was conducted at that point in time. I want to know what, how much attention to detail did they pay at that, at that moment in time uh, and the measurements, particularly things like, and again, forgive me, but things like body temperature. We have the picture of the perpetrator. And by now, you, nobody in the area can identify this person. Do you believe, and I wanted to ask this question, do you believe that anyone is covering up for someone in, locally? It, it would be assumed that somebody knows who this is and for whatever reason they haven't come forward yet. Uh, a mother, a sister, a family member, uh, maybe they haven't though. Maybe they really just don't know, but you get that feeling well, about do you somebody, have any we don't th know. reason to think someone's covering up for the perp? Or that they really don't know, and I'm asking you. I deal with facts and data. That's the kind of guy I'm an engineer, and I mean, could he be? Yeah, we can talk theories and How many and people stuff. lived in Delphi? 3,000. Yeah. Okay. So uh, is he there? Could be. I don't see how. I, I really do not I find see how it, find it in doubtful. a town of 3,000 that nobody knows this man. Well, that's just it. We aren't a big, I mean, there's probably 10,000 people in our whole county. Yeah. It, I it's mean, very I grew rural. up in a town yeah, it's not like New York. that small in no way. I mean, this is very accurate and detailed. I know I had to jump in. So one of the other things to keep in mind are what amazing girls you raised that one of them took the picture as right. that, that person is walking. And Nancy, the point I would make with that is trust your gut. I have no doubt she never would have taken a picture yeah, of him approaching the if they knew him. Why would they take a picture of a clandestine, you know, person walking towards them? So I, in my mind, this is someone they did not know from the community. And, That's brilliant. You know, right? you know what I mean, else? It leads me to think that he had done something other than, like, yes. I passed all of you guys right. in the hall. I didn't say, oh, and take a picture. They, he had to do something Agree. to make them go, oh, we're going to take his pictures. Let's see who has an idea that can help us. Yes. Be brief. Put it in a nutshell. 
Hi, thank you. I'd like to know if they've given you any profile of this killer, and if they have, what would be the profile? I, have, I haven't received a profile other than like the estimated weight, height, size, um, far as an actual person itself. Uh, no, I think there's what the investigators are leaning on the fact that we do have some good hard evidence. We, like you said, we got a picture, we got a sketch, you know, we got a voice. I still say somebody <laughs> out there knows. And that person may not know that about this case. I mean, they know the guy. This guy lives beside somebody, somebody's friend, somebody's coworker. We just need to reach that person. And through, you know, through something like this, people help spread it out. Eventually, we'll get to that right, right person who has the wherewithal to make that call. I have the police looked at their internet, their iPads, their cell phones, everything. One of the first things they did was gather all of our stuff, our phones, the tablets, the passwords. We actually had to go and file for estates on the girls to get Apple and Google to release those things. That was one of the first things they saw, and including with the Snapchat photo that Libby took of Abby. There is no evidence whatsoever that they were intending on meeting anybody that day. That, As far as we know, they have not found anything, and that's who they said. We aren't, they, they weren't planning on meeting anybody. They didn't even really tell anybody they were going. So this wasn't a... I, I know the girls are going to be out yeah, there, it's an and we're coming. They have it, to investigate, and it would be one of the first avenues. John David asks all the time, "Can he have like group chats?" I'm like, unless it's somebody at school that you know, no, because you're probably talking to some 65 year old guy in New Jersey in his underwear, and you don't want that. <laughs> and he's pretending he's eight, okay, and he's playing Minecraft or whatever with you. Everybody, we are here at CrimeCon, and we have with us the family of Liberty and Abby who lost their lives at the bridge in Delphi. We have a live studio audience, and we are looking for clues. If there is DNA, for example, if there was some kind of encounter, if there's DNA under the fingernails, it tells me that maybe this might be a person that's never been in trouble. I find that very hard to believe with his age. I know you don't that, just jump Nancy. up at age 40-something and kill two little girls. But, but Nancy, Nancy uh, with no DNA, I mean, has his DNA ever been collected? But what she's saying, Renee, I, I guess you're on the DNA. Because I don't know that there's DNA. And they don't know because no. nobody's saying. So I can't follow that. It's natural route. But So I'm backing up. Remember when we tried cases without DNA? Think, think, think. And this is how we did it. Mm -hmm. So do you guys know if they have gone to... A drifter didn't just walk there from 45 miles away. Other places have surveillance video, not that bridge. But do we know if that has been gathered from, as she said, gas stations, truck stops, restaurants? Yes, it has been. It has been. Yeah. They yeah, did but, right but away. A, but it's a great idea. You're right. I mean, that's, that's what we're okay. here for. You know, if there's something that we haven't done, we definitely want to know about it. And Nancy, can I just say, think about this. It doesn't mean that he hasn't done something in the past. He has, likely. He's a predator. Mm -hmm. What it means is he's never been caught. So people need to look at, is this somebody, oh, we have a relative. They'd never do that. Every criminal out there, oh, they'd never do it. I think he's been it. caught. And they did it. I'm telling you. You do. When this Mr. breaks, Patty, he Mr. has Patty. something. He has an arrest somewhere. Yeah. One of the things I was wondering, do they have any evidence of primitive camping around there at all? I mean, do people commonly primitive camp there? Is there evidence in there that you know you've got, you've got people that primitive camp in that particular area and they would go unnoticed, uh, you know? So is there the, evidence yeah. of any campground at all? Primitive camping where there's just random fires that have been set and that sort of thing. Um, not that I came across. I actually did a grid search out there uh, shortly after this all happened. I, I couldn't just sit idle. Um, I cleared it with the FBI and the police and said, hey, I got some buddies and got about a dozen of us and kind of gridded the whole area out and did a search looking for stuff. Because, you know, I'm thinking around, if, he's, no. if he's eating things like beanie weenies or whatever it is that he's yeah. eating, I mean, it may not be a campfire. campfire. You know, it has, may be yeah, a tarp. I, it may be, yeah. uh, you know, how when you drive by the bridge and you see blankets, mm -hmm. it, it may be something that rudimentary. Um, I'm just wondering yeah. if another search of the area for that very thing, because it took a while to find them. How do I know that there's not something out there like a tarp, like a sleeping bag, like a blanket, like anything, uh, a, a, a can that might have a fingerprint on it where he was? Do you look at his clothes? Did he just show up that day or had he been there? He's got on several layers, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what hides a lot of his features as well. But, uh, you know, did he, did he arrive on a motorcycle? Uncannily warm, overly dressed, in my opinion. 
These are questions that we have that we don't have but the answers to. But if you did as far as back on a the motorcycle, is there a, an area, like a surveillance area, like a truck stop or something like that, that we could look for? Oh, we don't have, we're not big enough for a truck stop. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> we have what we call a gas station. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm also wondering about his clothing, like, for instance, specifically that hat and the jacket, what kind it is, where it could be purchased. I mean, you can identify a trash bag from the lot, the manufacturer, the store, where it, where it was purchased. What about that? That's going to meet some serious FBI work on that. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's that's the, the picture that was taken from the video off of Libby's phone. It, it's it, we tried to clear it up, and I've been told that they've sent it to several different places. You know, NASA, Disney, uh, all kinds of places. But it comes down to pixelation, yeah. and there's only you know you can only polish it so much. Mm -hmm. Now you don't want to change or alter that because that begins to uh, mess with the integrity again yeah. of the information for the investigation. You can't go in there yeah. and change it around and say, okay, I bet his nose is this big. I bet his lips are that big. Well, then you're making it look like somebody. And a good defense attorney is going to come in and blow that up. any of the clothing and go take it to a location. And if he is on a motorcycle or has a car, for instance, that makes him more substantial. That means he's got an apartment or a home. as a whole different line of investigation as opposed to a drifter that might have been eating out of a can of tuna pop top somewhere in those woods, right. which is a whole nother line of investigation to research the area. I mean, I don't mean research, look it up online. I mean, walk it. No, I understand. Yeah, and that, trust me, that area's been walked very well. I spent two weeks out there doing it myself, as well as a bunch of other people. And also, the, most of this is all for? private property. It's very, very uh, reviewed by these people. You don't go on there, you'll get arrested. But what were they looking for? Were you searching? Were Any, you looking anything for and everything out of the ordinary oh. was the direction that I give them. I said, anything that looks out of place. If it's not a stick or twig or something, Hold on, let me I want to know about uh, it. Suggestion. And, and we did. I'm not saying there's not right. something there. I mean, I I'm not perfect, but morning, uh, I did a pretty thorough search. Thank you for being here. My name is Lynn King. I'm a private investigator out of Atlanta, what we also call Nancy Graceland. Um, so anyway, um, but no, uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, obviously, you know, I've heard lots of coverage on this. Just, you know, I think you've kind of already answered my question. I wanted to find out where was the nearest, like, truck stop? Because I just don't, I, my, I just don't feel like this was a drifter. I don't feel like it's somebody that was camped out there. This, I, I just feel like it was a, a crime of opportunity, but I feel like he was prepared to do a crime. And look at his physique. He had not missed a meal. <laughs> this is not some homeless person that doesn't have anything to eat that's shuffling for just money for food. This no, guy right. is eating on a regular basis. So to answer your question, about 15 mile away to the north is, yeah. is the nearest truck stop. Uh, we, uh, obviously, we have gas stations. He had to come from somewhere. Yeah, I don't get the feeling that he's local, but I feel like he was prepared that day to carry out a crime. I feel like he's already been in that area. So he already knew how remote it was. And also, just, you know, when it comes to cases like this. Oh, wait, that's I, another thought. Listen, when you have predators walking along a track, they're not there to exercise. She's right. He was there. It was either a crime of opportunity where he wanted to rob somebody of get money, and he saw the girls and his motive changed, but he was there to do a felony, which also narrows down who we're looking for. We're looking for a guy that I think has a record. It could be for something petty, like... Um, Peeping Tom or snatch and grab, breaking in a car, something, because he didn't start at age 40 plus. No, he didn't. No. This no. is not a homeless guy because he's well fed. His clothes are decent. So, and he's there to commit a felony, and he's not local. That's a lot of information. Has anybody looked through the school district? I'm a teacher. If this is an opportunity, and he's been there to uh, walk the trails before, maybe he knew that the kids were out of school that day. I'm not saying that he watched your daughters when I'm granddaughter. What I'm saying is, have you checked through the school website where there are multiple hits to look at your school calendar to see if this guy knew that school was going to be out that day? That's a good. That's a good point. I'll take that one. That's, that's, <laughs> I like that. that's a really there, good point. There were people that looked that assumed that, well, it had to have been public knowledge that the kids didn't have school that day. Well, yeah, if you lived in the school district, but I don't 
go to, into the Tennessee website and say, oh, well, look at the, what school isn't going to be in school in session in spring break. But I know I mean, you wouldn't, but a predator might. That was there, you are correct. Guys, I, I know this is totally politically incorrect, but before we close our podcast, our serious radio show, I want you to join me and pray for an answer for them. Father, help these families seek justice and lead us to help them in any way we can. Amen. Amen. With me right now, the families of Abby Williams and Libby Liberty German. Help us find them. Help us find their killers. It's so hard for me to even say they're killers. When I look at their pictures and I look at you, they seem so alive. And when you talk about their art supplies and the time you saw them, I, the tip line is 844-459-5786. The website is Abby, A-B-B-Y, and Libby, L-I-B-B-Y.org, org. Abby and Libby dot org. There is a $240,000 dollar reward these girls were brutally murdered and their killer is walking free and we will not forget and we will not rest until he has been brought to justice tip line 844-459-5786 844-459-5786 nancy grace crime stories signing off goodbye friend Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 